0: and welcome to another episode of Paradox Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. We are very excited to be back this week with our guest, um, Rich Barton. How are you today?
1: Good, good. It's uh, morning time out here in the the western states and uh, glad, to, glad to be a part of your podcast.
0: Well, we're so happy you're here. Um, so thank you for being here and also thank you to Take It Spigot for being our sponsor, and making um, this and every episode of Paradox possible. So I'm going to hand it right over to you, Dustin, so you can introduce um, Rich today, and we can get started with some stories.
2: You know, I think I've gotten a bad reputation in uh, <laughs> the, the way I introduce people, uh, but the reality is when you have somebody of Rich's caliber, you know, the Daniel, I'm sure you've had people apply for jobs that have a resume that's like 47 pages long, and you're trying to get through all the accolades and all the accomplishments and all the things that they have done. Have you not? Oh, I definitely have. Yeah, well, today is no different. Rich Barton is, um, man, I don't even know where to start. Uh, other than Rich and I spent some quality time together uh, in March in the Arkansas State AD Conference watched a lot of basketball, uh, got to spend some time uh, breaking bread together, having some fellowship, but also just diving into who Rich is. And then I got the opportunity to – this will show you the roles that we have. I chauffeured Rich to the airport. It was an hour-and-a-half drive. I took him to the airport, made sure he got off, sent off like he was supposed to. Um, made I, was, sure I had the
1: right, made sure I had the right bag.
2: Make sure you had the right bag, which is another story we can talk about later. But Rich Barton is an AD out in Utah, and we'll talk about exactly where here in a little bit. But Rich is a former, uh, well, I guess they call him past president of the NIAAA board. board. Um, he he to me is a, a great friend. I know I said that last week with Willie Spears, and Rich may dispute that as well because Willie <laughs> disputed it. Uh, but Rich has been a mentor, a friend uh just a a person who's invested in our profession um and personally invested in me, which I am grateful for uh and and we have a mutual friend and well we have mu- several mutual friends, but one that's mentor for me is Doug Kilgore, who we've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast, but Rich and Doug are good buddies as well, so it is my distinct privilege and honor to introduce Rich Barton as our guest today on the podcast and Rich. Before we get going, let's tell our listeners a little bit about who Rich Barton is, something that the resume is not going to tell us. Don't tell us the 47 pages that you have on your resume. Just tell us a little bit about who Rich Barton is and what Rich Barton likes to do outside of this athletic administration world. Well,
1: I guess probably not a lot of people would know, and my resume would say is I uh, I was uh, had my start in life in a in a rural town of about 600 people. You know, um uh, the fact that, that, uh, high school, one of the smaller ones in the state of Utah, um, went to seventh grade in the high school. My, my father passed away when I was nine and, uh, my mom remarried when I was 13. And so moved, moved to the big city of Cedar city, uh, about, you know, uh, 18,000 people at that time and so uh had i guess i would call humble beginnings and uh you know uh i'm grateful for those those uh, roots that i that i had from from uh you know a small small rural place and and also uh from uh, a great mother uh that was a widow at 35 with four four kids and uh fortunate to uh Learn a, a work ethic from you know she's the the hardest working person I've I, I've known and uh, you know her her influence is something that's uh, led me uh, above all else through through my life and helping me to know I could do hard things. Um, I guess speaking of what what what's not on the resume or something maybe people don't know about me I uh if i wasn't in this profession i think i'd probably be a financial planner because uh <laughs> that's uh something that uh you know i have always maybe taken an an interest in and uh you know I, it's always been uh, intriguing to me how people uh choose to to live their lives uh, financially and uh i i uh, another, another unique thing, uh, for me was when I was about age 33, I was called to be, uh, a bishop of my congregation, which is the, the primary leader, uh, of the, uh, spiritual, uh, physical, uh, temporal welfare, uh, emotional welfare of a congregation of, of 500 people. And, uh, you know, that, that was one of the things that also I, I had to deal with people and their finances, people that were in our church or people that lived in our uh, boundaries of our congregation. And uh, that that was uh, a non-paid, uh, which I would call a full-time job in addition to, that's when I got out of basketball coaching. But even during that seven-year calling, I was... Uh, was also the president of the UI AAA and uh, a full-time assistant principal and an AD. And so a lot of, a lot of things on my plate, but, uh, all made possible by, uh, the support of a, a good wife and, uh, also had a great principal during that, that period of time at my school that allowed me at a moment's notice to, to go help anybody in in crisis or, uh, Go to the the church for Tuesday night interviews and uh, involvement with our our youth groups and things as well.
2: Now, what Rich Rich said, he had humble beginnings. And what he's not telling you is Rich was also a basketball player at the collegiate level. Uh, (coughs) And if we had Steve thrown here right now, (coughs) Steve (coughs) and Rich probably would go to high. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Steve's Steve's the Steve, Steve's a big one. There's uh there's a you know, somebody bigger from uh yeah. the the state of Delaware, and that's Big Mike, if you've ever ran into Big Mike. He's he's got me by about two or three inches, I I think. But
0: uh, what Dustin's trying to say is you really like airplanes and sitting on airplanes.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I I'm fortunate, <laughs> I think about 80 90 percent of the time I end up on the exit row I think they just feel sorry for the people that might have to sit in front of me but, uh
2: so what what Rich doesn't um, like about airplanes is he's been known to grab the wrong luggage is that correct Rich a one time and I'll never hear the end of it <laughs>
0: Did you take it home with you before you realized no, that this was wrong? No,
1: but I took it to uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas, uh, about an hour and a half away from the airport.
0: <laughs> and
1: uh, I really, really did feel bad for the person that I took their bag because uh, they were identical bags.
2: <laughs> it, 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 here's the beauty. And I'm going to tell this story simply because I have Rich here and he's a captive audi- audience. But... Um, and we're the hosts, so we can control whether or not he leaves, <laughs> I guess, but so Rich arrives on a Wednesday for our state conference. Doug Kilgore picks him up, brings him in, and they just throw their bags in the room, and they come down to the conference and're part of what we are doing um and we did something that evening where we were all together and hung out and so once we got done, they went to the condo and they come early the next morning, and I see Rich, and he's wearing the exact same outfit he had on the day before. I mean, head to toe, the exact same outfit. And I, and I was like, "Hey, Rich, good morning, uh, casual day." I get uh, hey, at
1: least he could have done is gave me a Arkansas polo or
2: something. <laughs> <you know. laughs> so, so it was then that I found out that he had grabbed the wrong luggage. Not on, not on purpose. He had grabbed the long, long, wrong luggage, but he didn't realize it. He arrived ten, like 10 at o'clock 10 the African that African. night,
1: which was a little too late to, you know, I called them. They they weren't in to do the baggage change till the next morning. So
0: did they take yours? Uh,
1: no, it was there at the airport. Uh. So, but but there weren't anybody there at the, I think it was American Airlines um uh, office until the next morning so
2: so at what point rich in this scenario did you open up the luggage and think oh shoot this isn't mine
1: yeah it was about 10 o'clock and and Doug and I were at the condo on the lake and we had uh, just got to the point of you know through visiting and things retire ready to retire for the night and I'm like well better brush my teeth and you know do the nightly routine and uh I open up that bag and start pulling out some things that aren't mine. Uh, I I said very loudly to Doug who is down the hall in his room, I said I I can't believe it.
2: And the the best part of this story is that Doug Kilgore always has travel woes. There's always a predicament when he travels. And we and Rich and I had joked about this and Maybe we should blame Doug because he's the one who picked you up, and it kind of just by osmosis happened to you. It, you it, had it, your it, there was it. a rub
1: rub off effect there. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's
2: what that's what we'll call it, right? <laughs> so what an what a, I mean, I can't imagine being in that spot. What I'd end up Mm-mm. doing, um, and maybe it is me because Willie talked about it last week in our episode about how he had to go buy a whole new wardrobe when he came to speak in in Arkansas one time. So. It's either Arkansas, me or Doug, and I'm going to go with the latter on all of that. <laughs> so Rich, let's paint the picture ge- geographically speaking, of where you're at, what you're located, where you're located, and what your roles are uh, there at the school you
1: serve. Yeah, and our, our school, Richfield High School in Richfield, Utah, so we're located in the center of the state, a couple hours from uh, Salt Lake City, a couple hours south. And then um, as far as proximity to uh, Las Vegas, um, about uh, three and a half hours from, from Las Vegas. Um, I uh, started out here uh, 29 years ago as a coach and a teacher. Um, I continued, you know, from my bachelor's. I started my master's uh, right off the bat, uh, my first year of teaching. And I was fortunate to get a one of the six uh, Division one NCA postgraduate scholarships in men's basketball. And so i I used that with my masters and uh, my administrative endorsement. And five years after my after my first five years, uh, the assistant principal and a d uh, retired. And uh, I had said I'm willing to, to to take that position on one condition that I can still coach. And so uniquely, I I was the boys basketball coach, uh, full time assistant principal and AD, and I did those roles for six years. And then when I got called as a church bishop, I knew something had to come off my plate, and really the only thing that could at that time was uh, the boys' basketball. And so it it also was a blessing because now I I had uh, some, some opportunities to get a little more heavily involved in our state AD Association, and to go to a national conference because with the the winter basketball coaching, I had never gone to a national conference, and and then I, I had one of our uh, past presidents uh, call of uh, the UI AAA called me up one night about it was about ten thirty, and and I I go to bed early uh, when I can because I'm I'm a four a.m. Uh, early riser to exercise. But he called me up and he says, uh, you're, you're going to run for president elect. Uh, and, uh, and the next morning I, I told my wife, Sheila, I said, I, I'm not sure, but I might have uh, uh, in a, in a, a stupor of being woke up uh, late in a deep sleep. I said, I might've said, agreed to run for president of our state association, nothing that I'd ever considered doing. And that led to some, some other opportunities uh, involvement wise. Um, I got <clears throat> asked to be on the NIAA third strategic plan, which that's that's another story I you know uh we probably don't have time to share, but I uh, long story short, I I got off the plane, went and had my appendix taken out um, a couple hours after I got off the
2: plane. <laughs> It is first no. his first duty, right? That yeah. was your first trip there of the strategic plan.
1: Yeah, and uh, and the next morning I, I was supposed to stay for a little longer stay at the at the uh, hospital, but the next morning I got up and got dressed and said, "I'm." They didn't fly me here just to have surgery and and <laughs> stay in the hospital, and I felt bad missing uh, the get together the night before and things, and so I. Uh, Mike Blackburn came to check on me and I I was fully dressed and ready to to go and they put me in a nice comfortable chair for the next couple of days of meetings and uh, <laughs> I was f- fortunate to still be able to be a part of that uh, and hopefully uh, they got to know that I'm you know a committed member to the NIAAA and the worst part about the whole experience was the, was the getting back home because uh, they had a uh, Midwest uh, or uh, through, through that part of the country, they had a snowstorm day they were supposed to fly out instead of, instead of getting back to Salt Lake city at three 30 in the afternoon, got sent to Atlanta and didn't get out of Atlanta until midnight. And my wife and, her parents had driven to the airport because they wouldn't let me drive home. Uh, the doctor wouldn't clear me to drive home from the airport and I'm a couple hours away. And so I think I got into the airport at uh, 12 hours later than I was supposed to at about 3.30 in the morning. And uh, n- needless to say, I was suffering at that point uh, health wise, physically, but uh
2: so did, they, did the committee know that you were committed or did they need to commit you to somewhere and try to get you some well, help? Well,
1: that, yeah, that's probably a better term for it is they probably <laughs> needed to commit me somewhere. But, uh, but it was a, a memorable first uh, trip to Indianapolis. I've gone quite a th- few since. And uh, that one was, uh, you know, fortunately, all the others have been a lot better. Trips to Indianapolis.
2: So, is there any truth to you said you're at Richfield Schools? Is there any truth to that school being named after you and some guy named Field?
1: No, no truth. But you, you know my Twitter handle, uh, at Richfield Rich, and uh, this is my wife's hometown. And uh, in fact, my first few years on the job, I uh, was fortunate to uh, her father was the longtime school counselor here. And, uh, so my first three years was, was, he, he was here on the job and, uh, you know, it's, a uh, a, a great, great community. Um, we, you know, I, I know sometimes with my trips home from the airport and things, I, I'm definitely getting home a lot later than most people that travel in the NIAA. but I always say, uh, that's okay. I, I, I. I live where the traffic's not not uh frustrating and I, I live where the air is uh breathable and, and uh you know and it's a, it's a it's a nice part of the world to live. I live uh within traveling distance to uh, about five national parks. Uh the north rim of the Grand Canyon is, is probably about three and a half
2: hours away. Well if you wanna talk about <clears throat> places that the traffic isn't bad I live in a town of less than 9,000 people so and I'm I live three blocks from my office so I can walk Uh, so traffic really isn't bad when you walk (laughs) so there's absolutely no truth to Richfield being named after you no no they
1: probably they probably thought about changing the name since uh, I've been in in (laughs) leadership positions So. (laughs) You know, you know, sometimes assistant principals aren't always the most popular people with some of the, the hard things you have to do.
2: <laughs> but And it's not the most sought after job either. So they might've found a sucker that said he'd do it I, and they just <laughs> kept him in that role. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've, we've got a little background on you, Rich, um, the purpose of what we do is just try to have some fun, have some laughs and tell stories. Do um, you have a story for us that you can... Start our start our day off with. Well,
1: you know when I when I uh, read that in the email, I thought, well, I don't I don't know as I can top uh, you know Becky Moran's uh, streaker from the (laughs) stands, and I know you've had some some good ones, but I, I mentioned to you off the air we have three we're a three high school district, and and the one to the south is is there's a pretty good rivalry between the two schools. In fact, I I tell people, you know, we have, you know, even some of the biggest schools in the state have said, you know, we can have a volleyball game with our school and theirs. And, you know, it's standing room only, Um, you know, people, people that don't go to games go to go to those uh, contests just so the next day they're involved in the water cooler uh, conversations. (laughs) And you know, and, and we've had uh, uh, a lot of hijinks in the weeks of any kind of game with them, whether it's a, a contest in the fall or or in the winter. And uh, we we had a it was the last football game of the season, for the one year, and it was going to be played at uh, our opponent's school, our, our rival school's field. And you know, and we've already done the extra uh, law enforcement uh, at the building through through the uh, evening hours. We we do it at our school; they do it at theirs to try to try to make sure they can catch anything. As far as uh, we're the Wildcats, we've we've gotten the kitty litter spread around uh, all all of our. Uh, school grounds and things uh,
0: you know like on had,
1: purpose or somebody else did that oh, oh yeah yeah they're 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 students have, have done oh so it. not your student no okay <laughs>
0: like that's we've, a prank dustin they're putting kitty litter because <laughs>
2: right i'm with you i need but to I, catch you up here <laughs> i mean i don't know what things out in the west happens i mean that may be i mean we talked to Cole and He talked about live chickens in his game. So I don't know if this was a plan no, or not. Uh,
1: you know, any any way to take some shots at shots at us? We've had kids put, uh, you know, uh, toilets on on you know uh, their doorsteps over there to their school. But we wow. uh, this this particular year we uh, got we started getting phone calls. You know, as soon as we got to school. And we had found out that uh there was a dead ram
0: <gasps>
1: hanging from oh. there with you know attached to some chains hanging from their goal post
0: their custodial
1: staff had had noticed that that very morning and their and they they're the they're, their their mascot is the rams and uh, and so they had had oh, something like a real
0: a real brand
1: yeah, it had chains connected to its neck
0: it oh, had no. strung
1: up over the uh the goalpost on their football field where the game was going to be played later that night. Oh. so somebody <laughs> over there had also cut oh. all of the uh media stations. In Salt Lake City, so all four all four uh media outlets were obviously trying to get a story on this and so our our school phone was ringing off the hook for the principal and I to uh, talk to them we 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 didn't talk to them and uh you know give it a give it a few hours now you know some of their media trucks are uh parked next to the school as, as close as they can. They're trying to get kids uh, to interview kids and and things. And uh, meanwhile, we're communicating with the other school's administration. We're trying to, we're trying to find out who, who did it uh, as we had with some other hijinks problems between the two schools. We've worked together to try to find out some things and, there there wasn't surveillance on their football field so that didn't help i they probably had uh, law enforcement that had watched around the school but you know not uh, able to monitor the football field for all the hours in the evening but um we actually did find out uh who 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 had done it and you know there was some pretty good police work and things but they had gone to uh you know, with the chains that had been connected to the dead ram and hung over, the, the goalpost, the, the local Walmart uh, or SRO and things had gone there. And one of our senior football players had used a credit card to buy those chains. And they had him on <laughs> surveillance. And so they came and Shared, shared that surveillance with us we pulled the the kid in and, and of course he starts going through all this this uh, dishonesty hi oh, I didn't do anything and they show him the uh surveillance pictures and things and you know and he was he was he was busted and uh there was one of his teammates and then uh, two or three other students that weren't participants and so those two kids didn't play in a football game that was pretty crucial last regular season region league game. uh, And the winner of that game was actually going to advance in the playoffs. And we, we were a clear favorite in that game. That was one of the bad things about us. It actually uh, uh, motivated, motivated our opponents and they, and they beat us, beat us that day. But we, you know those those kids uh got some some uh disciplineary measures uh, besides just missing the game and things but it was uh one of those uh, crazy crazy deals you know uh, uh, we're we're rural utah you know we don't we don't see these uh big uh, media s- trucks with satellite dishes on there were there were uh, at least 3 of the 4 uh news stations in salt lake city had their trucks there uh doing doing stories uh on the on the game and, and things but it
0: was it's just i'm trying to like compute all of this as you're talking and there's just so many blanks i need you to fill in for me so first of all i want to rewind a little bit to where you casually said well the custodians noticed it in the morning like for, that's something to what notice a, what a, a sight what a, a sight huh? just casually <laughs> notice this i'll but, tell
1: you this too um you know where we live i mean i know i know farmers that they hear some some gunshots out in their field they're going to grab their gun and maybe go 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 shoot somebody
0: I can imagine. We're little,
1: they were a little fortunate in whose field they were in Because uh, also part of that story is we heard that they'd shot another one, but they weren't able to kill it.
0: So they shot this ram? Yes. Oh my. (laughs) I mean, I am all for a good prank and kids and athletes having fun, but this is just like a little step too far for, for hurting an animal. And, and I'm just, did they find the other the other ram? Is the other ram did, did they I,
1: make it? I I did never hear the end of that story. Uh, you know, and they they could have ended up with a farmer who was going to press charges and really went after him. They were pretty fortunate with who it was, and the the repercussions could have been
0: a what lot. What was that phone call like when you first got a phone call that? told you about this situation. Like, I want to know, like, what.
1: It was from the school administration over there. And, you know, and we weren't shocked. We got a phone call because it, it is rivalry week.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we actually be a little bit surprised that we didn't get something and they, and they would be surprised if we didn't call them with a problem during that week. Cause that was just pretty commonplace.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh so we weren't shocked to get a call when it was a dead ram hanging over the goalpost. Uh, You know, that that was, was pretty shocking. And, you know, we were pretty fortunate that we were able to find out who, who it was and, and deal with it. it. It's one of those things had they not had people over there call the media, you know, it, it might not have been as big a story. But uh, because there's there's been there's been things other things in rural Utah. I know of one school that's the rabbits uh, and and their rival school had had some kids just shoot up a whole bunch of dead rabbits and and all of the light reflector poles from their town to the the town of the rabbits had dead rabbits uh, on all the reflector poles and on their football field they had all these uh dead rabbit guts and and th- but uh-huh. but the media media wasn't aware of that you know so there's there's been other things that that people have done but uh ours got to the media and it got there
0: quick and you know well that's a big thing i mean i can see why <laughs> it got there like physically and uh, how did they get
1: it down? Um, well, you know, it it had the chains and so the bottom of the chain, you know, they they were able to, it, it wasn't a, too big of a challenge to, uh, to get it down.
2: Yeah. Before I dig into some of my questions for this story, I want to go back, rewind to the kitty litter part that you had because you're wildcats. now <laughs> but That's where
0: you're still at. You're still back yeah. there. Well, just moved because on, I
2: can't get past this the statement of kitty, I, I, the rationale of doing kitty litter for a wild cat. There ain't a wild well, cat gonna be using kitty litter. Just gonna throw well, that out there. You know, we'll we, have, we're way better, better than that.
0: animals, though, Dustin. This is well, a way I, better thing to do.
2: I said yeah. I'm going to get to that point. I'm just saying that point doesn't make sense to me. That well, why we're, you use we're, we're referred to the the as cats.
1: cats. I mean, we're the Wildcats, but for short, uh, you know, often in cheers and different things, you know, uh, go cats, you know, uh, and and so what, whatever whatever angle anybody can take to so, try to have some fun with whatever humane
0: whatever you're angle anyone can take. <laughs>
2: Utah does it a whole different level than some other places in the country. Well, I
1: hope there's not too many more levels of going beyond right that,
2: that,
1: <laughs> that story. But like I say, I mean, I, I know some farmers that would come out guns blazing if they uh, heard or knew somebody was going after their. Uh,
2: but you think I, about farmers or PETA or I was going mean, to say, where about PETA? Stuff, mm-hmm. But that in the moment seems like a great idea for kids, which really, I mean, the three of us can sit here and say, what a terrible idea that, that absolutely, I mean, no part of that makes sense. And I'm sure said kid did not operate solely by himself. I mean, you think about the, the whole process. Now I know there are some kids that can shoot some animals and, but hauling it out there Scaling a fence or finding a way in, whatever they had to do, all the trouble they went to to get this ram hung over the goalpost—they they surely couldn't have acted alone. Uh, it, it, there was there was about five of them
1: that uh, <laughs> brainstormed, carried it out, and
0: uh, none of them were like, "This might not be a good idea." Like, I mean, I know they're kids, but
1: well through through the history of the rivalry, um sometimes some people will see it as a, a way to get some hero status, you know, and uh, you know, that that's kinda one of the ways it was looked at. I mean, today's world, uh PETA, you know, some of those groups, boy, you know, they would ensure that there was some pretty heavy things to come down. And one, I will say with the crazy rivalry we've had with them, it did have a good change in that rivalry. And that is we, we, did, a, we, we did a combined basketball night, girls basketball, boys basketball. We actually even did wrestling a couple of years before the two games. And we had it in our big arena next to our building. And it was uh, a game where the entire proceeds went to cancer uh, and cancer victims and families. And we we uh, would have a, a lot of people, cancer survivors there at the game recognized and things. And, you know, and it was kind of, uh, you know, because a lot of even the adults in the communities, they they think, the, the hijinks is kind of uh, cool and funny because yeah they they're not like us and have to spend a bunch of hours dealing dealing right. with it. But it was kind of uh, when we started started that um, cancer cause uh, night of games. It actually kind of threw a lot of the the kids and even the parents that sometimes I think some parents even promote some of this stuff. It kind of threw them for a loop. Because we here we come together for such a great cause, you're not going to taint that great cause by doing some stupid stuff. And one thing that we we look back on and see how things have improved uh, with with the hijinks and the over the top stuff is when we started doing that. Uh, we weren't we weren't in the same league. Uh, 'cause our, we were a classification above, but when we got put in the same league, uh nobody wanted to give up their region game home home site to you know to do that, so it it went away a few years back but uh it it helped kind of end some of the over the top rivalry uh problems
2: so Rich, you said you're in a three district a three, three school, school district and this was one of the schools in that district? Yes. So how far away is said school? 15 minutes. Okay. So did the other school <laughs> that wasn't a part of this decide, I want to try to one-up what's going on, or I want to try to be involved in this with either one of the schools?
1: No, we we, we didn't uh, have anything. I mean, uh probably the next year we probably uh or the next rivalry week game we probably up the security even more uh through through the night the the, the whole
0: school week. or at the farms around
1: town at uh, school <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure, oh, i i but I also that think that some of the awesome. some
1: some kids also probably viewed what happened to the kids that were involved. And also what could have happened, you know, uh, uh, even though some of them took some hero status from it, you know, they also probably saw it wasn't worth it. You know, we had, we also, um, kids, kids involved, weren't going to be able to do a winter sport. Ooh, but- uh, that, that, that involved, <laughs> that involved a couple of, <laughs> couple of kids that would have, you know, but, but also that may be, that maybe saved him from getting cut because now coach also doesn't have as much trust in some, some people to have him on their team, uh, you know, the next, the next. Were season.
0: they, were they seniors? Yes. Um, I think it's really awesome that you were able to yeah. kind of turn this, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but a bad, very bad situation into something good and making it, you know, a cancer, um, fundraiser and something that brings the communities together instead of tear them apart. So I think that's super awesome. Um, But I also, in the beginning of this episode, you said you didn't think you were going to top anybody and I'm going to go ahead and say for the extreme award, you (laughs) own that right now. (laughs) And I really hope no one takes that away from you because that was, this is definitely an extreme story where as an animal lover as somebody who very much um believes in like I guess life in all forms uh that would be hard for me I think as an A B to see that happen because I would feel so bad for this poor ram who clearly and I mean let's also talk about how it could have gone they had a gun out on a field and it was probably dark like that could have gone way worse yeah. for those kids than what happened i mean it sounds like there was you know two sheep that were involved and who knows what else are rams that that were involved in but i just i just think about all of the ways the story could actually be worse than it is Mm -hmm. so it could be scary and also you also as an athletic director and as an assistant principal you don't have control over what they're doing at night yeah but yet you're the one dealing with it
1: yeah, and you can promote good sportsmanship uh, all day, every day, all year. You know, but all it takes is one kid with a harebrained idea.
2: Yeah, <laughs> or and that's that's
1: the world that's the world we live in,
2: which which is baffling some people that we make our living based off the decisions of twelve to eighteen year old kids sometimes. And um, we were all twelve to eighteen year old kids at some point. And sometimes I reside in that mindset a lot. More than I probably want to, uh, but the reality is, in that situation, I'm trying to figure out
0: <clears throat>
2: uh, what was your reaction when that per- phone call happened? Because I know, you know, there was some there was some back and forth over the years. You know, but at some point, that conversation had to be had. That said, uh, hey, Rich, you aren't going to believe this, but there is a ram, <laughs> dead ram, <laughs> hanging from our goalpost. What was that discussion like with that fellow administrator? Well, we, you know,
1: we're, we're used to dealing with the, the unexpected. You know, uh, I I could probably write a book and I may someday about uh, just my experiences as a assistant principal and an AD, but we immediately went to work um, after getting that call from the other rival school administration is how do we, you know, uh, try to make it right, find out who did it uh leap into action uh on on our part and uh so that's what we immediately went to you know went to work on um that's what we do as uh ADs you know we roll up our sleeves and you know jump jump into it and and so we we spent that day with with law enforcement trying to you know get get uh, some positive uh efforts on our part to uh make it right to to deal with it uh, appropriately and
0: uh and there was no denying that it was your kids you couldn't be like are you sure this is our lot <laughs> <other> of students <laughs> like you couldn't pull one of those cards no, in the situation
1: know, uh, <laughs> i mean it, it 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 did fire him up. You know, I, I mean, we, we should have won that game by two touchdowns or more and we, we, we lost it. And uh, you know, and that's, that's the other thing. Some kids don't always think about is you, you don't need to give a rival school extra motivation. Uh, and it did. And it, and it ended our, our season
2: that night. Well, and I think about a couple of things. I'm, You said you're an early riser, you get up at four to exercise. I'm sure at some point while you're exercising, whether on the treadmill or running or whatever you were doing, you did not get up thinking, This is what I'm dealing with today. I'm going to school and I'm dealing with a ram hanging on a goalpost. That is not something that goes through your mind. So as we think about takeaways from the story, as you look about we've got we've got listeners that could be two months into the job as an A D. They could be 20 years into the job as an AD, and they may not have seen this situation. So I think think for me, the takeaway is the flexibility you have to have as an administrator, because you may have had a plan of what you're going to do that day, and all of a sudden, it is all superseded by this one event, and it's so time-consuming that you have to deal with, but you can't just say, no, I've got this plan. I'm not dealing with that situation. You've just got to adjust to whatever's thrown your way. Well, you we learned to expect the unexpected.
1: We we also learn to stay level-headed, cool, calm, and have a, a wide lens as we we uh, deal with situations. Uh, with with uh, you know, obviously there was having to deal with parents, multiple parents. That's that's not something you do in an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: well, that was that was going to be my next question. Is I want to know the reactions of parents. And I also want to know the
1: reaction of your coach. Um, coach was very supportive. You know, those players didn't get a play uh, in the game that night, and uh, you know, uh, coach wasn't happy that you know that kind of takes uh, takes the 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 story of the night and the game, uh, the motivation that goes to to the other team, and the other uh, team's fans, um, so. The you know coach coach was supportive. Um, you know I, I've learned as a, a, an assistant principal and an AD, parents view things uh, as as the two of you know entirely different when it's their kids. No, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> big surprise, right yeah <laughs> and so you know there there were parents well, you know it's just kids having fun boys boys <gasps> boys being boys and and uh, that's
0: how I get fired up right there
1: <laughs> <laughs> And Because so, that's the other book I'm going to write someday is uh, is all of my experiences with with parents. I have up here on my wall behind me that every athletic parent or parent in my assistant principal world um, they they see a quote on the wall behind me, and it's a it's a parental philosophy from my father in law that I already uh, spoke about. He he played college basketball at Colorado State. His one son was a. Division One teammate of mine. The other son played college basketball, and the other son uh, was a starting offensive lineman at Memphis State. Beat Alabama his senior year, and his his quote on the on the wall above me here: uh, "Prepare the prepare the child for the path, rather than prepare the the the, the path." For the child, and unfortunately, as time goes on, we we see more and more parents who want to somehow manipulate or 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 fix that path for their kids, rather than they're they're going to take the approach of prepare that kid for the path ahead. There's going to be disappointments. There's going to be failures. There's going to be learning lessons. Support those learning lessons. Teach them to fail forward. Don't um try to go after the coach, don't try to go after the administrator that's had to deal with some of those situations. And so yeah, that was one of many situations uh with uh, the RAM hanging over the the goalpost that yeah, those those darn administrators, you know, they just don't want kids to have fun and they they take it too serious and, and things, you know. I I can live in that lane. I've lived in that lane for uh you know, twenty-four years of, uh, you know, you're not going to have win-win situations and everything. You're you're the person that has to deal with the hard things, so you're going to be the, the 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 bad person because you had to to deal with it.
2: So, so you're saying athletic administration or administration as a whole is not full of rainbows and unicorns all the time. Well, you know, no, it's,
0: it's full of Rams. And there's, storms only certain, and fires. there's only certain. There's certain good doctors <laughs> that
1: live in that in that that world, uh, you know, out in Arkansas.
0: <laughs> you know what? It's just, good. I'm so glad to hear that your coach was on the same side with you because I think it's easy to think like, oh, well, of course, the coach should should be supportive. But I've had coaches who were supportive of teaching student athletes to become good people and good citizens. And I've also had coaches where the only thing that mattered was the game that night. Mm -hmm. So um, in this situation, I think that's awesome that it's, he saw the bigger picture and was able to actually, you know, try to get his team, I guess, to focus on the game again, because that had to be a huge task at hand for him to just be like, no, we're focusing on this. Not what happened. Not the kids that were lost, because that's what you said. Five kids. That's a lot of kids. I'm guessing they might have been starters. Say that again. I said I'm guessing they might have been starters too.
1: Um. Yeah. the The two that were on the team, uh, were and uh, I mean I wouldn't call them the 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 mainstays or the the best players. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I I think your your trusted leaders, your trusted players on most every team wouldn't be the guys that would come up with a harebrained idea here. Mm -hmm. At least they would process enough to think, you know, this is going to take over the, the, the night's game focus and things. And plus, if you got a big game, that uh, means whether you're advancing the next, you know, to the playoffs, what are you doing out um, after midnight, two in the morning, Doing something like this, you know, uh, and, and that that alone, you know, uh, any coach who's a, a coach of substance and integrity is going to say, if it's not important for you to get ready for this game, go to bed at a decent hour, you, you don't deserve to mm-hmm. wear the uniform and go suit up and give it your best.
0: And I think that's a really important thing that we touch on because, you know, you're talking about how parents don't necessarily always see you um, as as the good guy, but sometimes that happens internally, right? If you don't have that coach that's seen the bigger picture and only cares about the game that night. Um, and I think that's a good thing for us to even, I mean, that didn't happen here and that's awesome, but I think it's a great thing for us to even talk about because I think some people are in that situation, Um. And that's a hard situation to, to be in when you have to internally fight with parents or and also possibly your coach. So um I'm glad that you didn't have to do that and um I'm still upset by this
2: whole story. Well a lot of it <laughs> I think a lot of it proves we're not robots. I
0: mean mm-hmm. you don't
2: program us to say you don't have emotion or you don't deal with this or you don't get to this, this is how you deal with a hard situation. It's not cookie cutter approach. Uh and, and reality is we all three go home at night and at some point we've got to deal with whatever decisions we make. And Mm -hmm. we've had coaches that would have said, Hey, I'm all for reprimanding them, but can we wait three weeks to do that?
0: Mm -hmm. Can we, (laughs)
2: can this investigation take a little longer? Can we draw Mm -hmm. this out to, um, but at the end of the day, there's never a wrong time to do the right thing. Right. There are hard times to do the right thing, but there's never a wrong time to do the right thing. And kudos to you and your administrative team and your coach for saying, all right, this may not be the most ideal, but it's the right thing to do. And we'll, we'll, we'll accept it because it is the right thing to do.
1: And we, we felt like uh, we handled it uh, well. I mean, there was obviously a time factor with the game involved. And by the time we you know, investigated, interviewed, kids we got the first first kid with the surveillance then we had to we had to find out who the others involved were and you know all that's time consuming and and then you got a game uh coming up and so you know you you do have some urgency as far as decisions but you know you you want to at least allow the time to make sure you're making the right decisions uh you know, to to make sure uh, we're, we're in the right path.
2: When you, you casually said you got a game to get ready for, but this is not just a game. This is a game with a rival with postseason implications on it. So there's a lot to get ready for and to, I mean, I know what my Fridays look like when we're about to play a, a game period, not just a big game, but I know how crazy that is. And to have that interrupted by this, this event and still have, to have the game that night. I mean, that there's just multiple hats and you juggling machetes is what I call it. Sometimes you're just trying to make sure that everything happens like it's supposed to happen. But there was a big wrinkle thrown in this, this day of planning and this day of getting ready. So, uh, that's all part of the process and part of what we deal with as administrators that sometimes it can just, it can go smooth off the tracks. And we've got to figure out how to get the the train back to where it's supposed to be on the tracks, and make sure that everything happens. And sometimes people don't know all the mess we had to deal with to make sure that something happens. Well, and then that's that's the best part,
0: though. If nobody knows all the mess you're doing, then you're doing a good job. But then nobody knows but they, all the mess, they knew the mess, you're mess doing. here
2: because they had all those TV outlets <laughs> there I that were. They did know the
0: mess that day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's kind of kind of hard to camouflage that and say that's
0: not Rich, Rich's mess was very public that day. But it was, was you
1: yeah, know even if it didn't have uh playoff implications it is the the rivalry football game that you know is the the circled game on the schedule for the season and uh you know and then then you deal with the game well is there going to be you know some some Heightened emotions with their people, retaliation, whatever, and our
0: protesting. People. Yeah, mm-hmm. now
1: you now you worry about hey, is there going to be any uh, fisticuffs after the game, or you know, those things are always a possibility, too. And so, yeah, it, it, uh, you know, ha- has a lot of different
2: layers to it. <laughs> You know, we talked about this at the beginning. You talk about not being able to top Becky Moran. And I know Danielle pointed out that you've got the most extreme award. But what's fascinated me is that when we've had these ADs on from across the country, just the, their story and how unique that is. And I think that's important to what we're doing and why we're doing it, because there are stories and it's not that we're trying to one up one another. It's just stuff that we're dealing with. This is life. And this is life as an athletic administrator. And even the great goat Rich Barton has had to deal with a situation that I haven't heard of from anywhere else. And I, I know that I've been a part of some rivalries. And and yeah, now people say kids can't have fun anymore. You're fun haters. You just you're the fun, fun place suckers.
1: Whatever. Yeah, we're fun suckers.
2: Right you're just the vampire in the room. You take out the fun. You just suck the air out and try to make it less fun for everybody. But the reality is we all have a story and we all deal with stories on a daily basis. Um, And, and for the, for that matter, it's Rich's story. We're not comparing it to three socks, Moran, or we're not comparing it to Throny's Shriner car event or code red or whatever it may be that, we each have a story and we each can tell stories. And I think that's part of this process. We're getting to just visit with ADs across the country stories that they dealt with that, as you said, are maybe unusual that are not common for us to deal with. This wasn't an everyday thing for you. This is a one-time event that you dealt with. And now you can look back on it and say, holy smokes, that really just happened.
1: I I am looking forward to uh, reading your book with all of these, (laughs) Stories. <laughs> yeah, we're I, we're,
0: that's I just gonna find, be, that's
1: gonna be a big seller.
0: I just find that I just find it fascinating how there's so many unique ones and they're all over. And the one the one thing especially I needed to hear this when I was a first time young A D. This I needed to hear that you're not alone when you're going through this. Mm-hmm. You're not a bad A D because this happened on your campus. And that's something that I took hard when I was younger. And I first started out because I was like, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? How can I make it not happen next time? And I always want to be continually learning and improving. So that was just my mind frame. So something like this is like what I needed to hear. And I hope that there are some young ADs who are listening and can kind of have that takeaway where if something crazy happens, like fix it, deal with it, but don't take it so personally so hard because. We can't control what they're doing at midnight or 2
1: a.m. Well, I've, I've said it before, uh, you know, our stewardship in our buildings, it, it has the most stakeholders. We, the number of head coaches, assistant coaches, and student participants, there's nobody else on our campus that has that biggest stewardship. And it's um, an every day of the year stewardship. And all of the good things we can promote, we can teach, we can emphasize. All it takes is one kid, or one coach, and one moment, and and a harebrained idea without proper processing, and you know our our world can be turned upside down in, in a heartbeat. And uh, and that's that's a weight on his shoulders that. Yeah, we understand it as athletic administrators, but how many other people in our education system understand the gravity uh, of that? You know, there's, there's not a lot of other people that understand that, but it doesn't go away. You know, I, I went on spring break. i Last week or so, I'm, I'm dealing with, with stuff every day. You know it's not something that leaves us in the summer we're 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 dealing
0: mm-hmm. with
1: stewardship responsibilities um and we we hope our 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 leaders our coaches assistant coaches um uh, we we hope the coaching up that we've done uh sinks in uh and that what they pass on to their participants sinks in to where they they do the right thing but as we know as Dustin said, dealing with the age group we deal with and the underdeveloped brains. uh, Yeah, we're going to deal with uh, the unexpected uh, and some big challenges.
2: Now, Daniel, I get a hard time because I just jump off in the deep end sometimes or I get really deep. But man, Rich didn't even go to the shallow end. He just goes straight off the diving board right to the way deep and said, this is where we're going.
0: We needed it today. Today, we need it to be there. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I will <laughs> say, I've been a part of some rivalries where at the collegiate level, there were some fountains, and maybe they took some laundry soap or some uh, dishwashing liquid and put it in the fountain. And so you just have bubbles everywhere because it just flows and keeps on going. But I have never once had somebody hang a live animal, well, what, 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 which was once a live animal. Hanging from a goalpost, so Richie and left, left a wounded today. one
1: somewhere too.
2: <laughs> well,
1: I, I am going to say this, you know, if if that story uh, finishes uh, the year as as one of the most extreme, uh, the good doctor's going to owe me something.
2: But, <clears throat> I'll tell you this if that ends year, if that ends the year of it I'll take care of that but if it ends our podcast as a whole Rich I, I don't know that I'm,
0: we're coming after yeah that. <laughs>
2: But I do I do want to say, Rich I, man I appreciate your friendship I appreciate your mentorship I appreciate what you do for our profession and I appreciate your willingness to come on here and share um really a not comfortable story to be honest with you something that you had to deal with that is a little different than the realm of which we've operated into to this point. But it's valuable in that it can happen to any one of us. And this situation can happen. And the resolve that you guys showed, the commitment, the networking that you were able to do amongst yourselves and administration from your campus and the other campus and to be able to solve the problem. And kudos to your, your SRO folks and your police that were able to crack that code real quick. Um, and really help you apprehend said suspects. But again, I want to thank you for jumping on here, being willing to jump on our podcast and and tell your story and let the world hear that even the great past president, um, Hall of Fame award winner, all kinds of stuff, Rich Barton deals with some some of the same mess we all deal with. Well, appreciate uh,
1: both of you and uh, what you're doing with the, with the podcast and even being hard enough up to uh, have, have somebody out West like myself
0: involved. (laughs) I just, I don't, I have always wanted to go to some of your state parks in Utah. And now I'm like (laughs) questioning a lot of things. in Utah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do know this. I know a great tour guide. If you go out there, there's a great (laughs) tour guide that can show you around out there and you're, you're, Talking to him today, and That's it's right. not the good doctor. It is, it is <laughs> the other, the goat.
1: Yeah, Doug. Doug's came out and stayed with us, and uh, we've taken some of the scenic uh, loops. It, it is uh, one of the prettiest parts of the, of our country, and some of the best national parks. And uh, you know, I won't, I won't take you to any of those uh, dangerous uh, farm fields. <laughs> <all of> <laughs>
0: It's <laughs> good to know. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you very much for being with us uh today and thank you to Ticket Spicket for sponsoring this extreme episode. Um and we will be back next week with some more. Thank you everyone.